We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Welcome to the Tuesday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. We'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today, as always, on Tuesdays by John McKechnie. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow John at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at jakeski 52 Quick reminder, if you happen to be listening to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and can take 10 seconds to click us a five-star rating and review, it would be very much appreciated. We also are always welcoming any and all feedback john to get started off today big news uh the biggest news i guess of week four the story of week four is that we're going to see Le'Veon bell back for the steelers two questions for you one how many season long shares and two what to do with anything with d'angelo williams I, this was a weird situation where i don't know if it's just like my latent ravens homerism or or whatnot i just i really couldn't figure out where to value Le'Veon in my season longs you know after you know he the suspension got knocked down from four games to three games it still just seems like a lot to be paying for your second round pick or something like that so I ended up just not having any shares of him uh but I haven't been opposed to having shares of him in the past uh I mean he's when he's on the field he's 
maybe the best running back in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that's uh, too far-fetched to say. Uh, when it comes to D'Angelo Williams, uh, you know, I, I doubt that anyone in anyone's league was was foolish enough to, to like, take a trade for D'Angelo Williams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that ship has sailed completely now, now that week three is over. Um, I'm not sure if, if I'm dropping him, though, because if you think about it, Le'Veon hasn't finished healthy the last two seasons so there I mean there is the the bit of that injury risk that comes with Bell so and you know what D'Angelo can do when he is Mm -hmm. kind of the featured back so I'm probably just stashing him at the end of my bench personally what do you think yeah exactly I think you can cut him in like a 10 team league but anything 12 or greater you should probably hang on to him just in case here Uh, but I mean we are entering bye weeks here where we're gonna have to start making some tough roster decisions cutting guys like Vincent Jackson, cutting guys like probably Thomas Rawls on the roster. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Tyler Lockett's another one. Out. Yeah, oh man, yeah, there's so many of those that uh, that are going on here. But I'm pretty excited for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, we do have a lot, uh, a lot a lot, of DFS implications to discuss here because he finds himself right away thrusted into the top tier of running back pricing right. here. But let's get started with a Thursday night game. If you decide that you want to play on the Thursday through Sunday or Thursday through Monday slate, there are some running backs that you might want to take a look at. And we have a Thursday night matchup between the Miami Dolphins who are at Cincinnati now before Monday night's shootout here the Miami Dolphins were the worst run defense in terms of yards allowed per game through the first three weeks 147.3 yards today but then of course you know the New Orleans Saints gave up just boatloads of yards to both Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman so now they're the worst run defense in the league here to deservedly so yeah to very few surprise here but this makes for an interesting situation here because I mean, Cincinnati's the home team uh, in a, a game that they're favored in, and they've got two interesting running backs going up against a bad defense here. So, uh, so first off, like, is there any appeal in someone like Jeremy Hill, who scored twice against a tough Denver defense? Yeah, that definitely, it definitely kind of wakes up uh, the the Jeremy Jeremy Hill fan in me because I mean, he'd been sort of this this guy we've been waiting on to, to recapture his rookie season form. And for him to do that against a Denver defense that I think probably is still the best in, in, in the NFL, that was really impressive stuff from him. As for Gio Bernard, you know, maybe he gets uh, some touches. Obviously he's more of like the, the pass catching weapon out of that backfield. But I think I would definitely consider uh, if I'm playing this Thursday slate, I think Hill would definitely be a strong play going against that Dolphins defense. That's just really kind of not mm-hmm. holding up uh, its end of the bargain compared to like what, uh, you know, the star power relatively uh, that's on that defense. Exactly. You know, Gio Bernard's an interesting case because yeah, he's 5,500 and, and you definitely can't touch that if you're playing in a cash game just because there's a chance that he gets less than three fantasy points but at the same time because especially with FanDuel only being half point PPR at the same time sooner or later you're going to want to He's gonna he's gonna have a good game. One of these games, the game flow is gonna dictate so. that Gio Bernard, as as a third down back, is gonna have a huge game. So until then, he's always kind of on the fringe of the GPP radar. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of playing the Thursday slate, but if I am, maybe I'm gonna do a lineup just to work Jeremy Hill in, whose price has risen and deservedly so. He has a great matchup. What about the Miami side of things? Because really, John, that's looking to be to me like a big big mess. Arian Foster, at least, uh, providing some clarity to the situation because he has a groin injury and he's already been ruled out for the Thursday night game that leaves Jay Ajayi and Kenyon Drake as the next guys up Ajayi 5500 
Drake 5,400, I mean, neither really had big games against Cleveland, who is not really thought of as being a, a formidable run defense, but it was Ajayi that got in the end zone. Is there any GPP appeal here, or are you kind of just fading these guys? Yeah, like you said, you know, at least Foster had the had the uh, common decency to already be ruled out uh, before we re- record the Tuesday running back pod. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Ajayi and, and Drake, I mean, they're guys that, like, I'm barely uh, looking at in, in season long. So for, for daily purposes – uh, generally not going to use them either unless the matchup is incredibly soft. And then you look at it, the Bengals just uh, absolutely shut down C.J. Anderson, who was looking like he was, you know, like a top five back uh, mm-hmm. the first two weeks of the season. So uh, do you really think that either, either of those guys, you know, they're both kind of cannibalizing each other's touches, mm-hmm. and then they're going against a, a, a really tough defense. So I think that those two factors alone are enough uh, for me to just stay away from them yeah, uh, we, for FanDuel purposes yeah. We've this got week. a pure committee here in Miami. I mean, they carried the ball 25 times. Nine of those went to Drake, who 37 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Seven of them went to Ajayi, who averaged even four yards per carry, but he was the one that scored. Isaiah Peed got five of those carries. Damian Williams carried the ball once. Tannehill's always down for a couple maybe scrambles. And then Jarvis Landry carried the ball twice. So just a mess for both daily and season long. I'm going to keep my hands off the situation entirely. But instead of talking about these duds, let's talk about some studs and go to the top tier of running backs here. Tier one, we're going to talk about running backs that are $8,000 and up. Uh, Starting off the list with David Johnson, 8,700, gets a home matchup against the Rams. uh, And then we got Le'Veon Bell at 8,300 against the Chiefs. Lamar Miller, 8,200 against the Titans. Ezekiel Elliott, 8,100 at San Francisco here. Taking it from the top, I mean, David Johnson's been probably the top fantasy back overall is he someone that you can justify paying top dollar in 8700 for well you gotta you gotta worry about that rams defense a little bit you know say what you will about the rams as the team as a whole but i mean they they're gonna play you tough every week and i know that johnson's sort of a a matchup proof guy as far as your season long is concerned but you know you're paying a really high chunk of your salary for for a guy that's going against a team that's allowing 3.4 yards per carry, which is, you know, near the top of the league. Yeah, uh, so, it's the fourth best in the league, yeah, actually. So that's so. definitely worrisome uh, as far as your your thoughts on Johnson being able to break out some long runs against them. Obviously, he's going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. It kind of, you know, adds the, the safety net component to, to playing a guy like David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this is a week where I probably don't feel too pressed to to pay up that really, really top dollar uh, to go get him when they're, when I really do like the other three guys a little bit better than him mm-hmm. uh, for, for this exact week. Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody that's matchup proof, it's definitely David Johnson. At the same time, I think there are running backs for a cheaper price with much more favorable matchups that we can go to, and hopefully we're going to get a couple of those recommendations out for you today here. But let's start with Le'Veon Bell. Draws a home matchup against the Steelers, and man, after that showing against the Eagles on Sunday, the Steelers' offense needs a boost in the worst way possible, and Le'Veon Bell seems primed to give it to them here. It looks like he's going to take over as the guy that was the case when he took over for D'Angelo in the 2015 season. Are you throwing out a couple lineups with Le'Veon this week? Against the Chiefs defense, I mean the the Chiefs run defense isn't isn't as uh, dangerous as its passing defense. Uh, Pittsburgh is such a nice balanced offense. Uh, I think Bell's gonna gonna come back with a vengeance. You know, having to sit on the sidelines for three weeks and then watching his team just get kind of pelted on Sunday against uh, their in-state rivals. Uh, yeah, I think Bell is definitely going to have a really solid game here. Uh, mm-hmm. Might not be able to hit, quite hit that 8300 price tag. I wish it was closer to like that 81 where, where Zeke is. But at the same time, uh, 
like I said earlier, Bell is just a, like an absolute stud workhorse uh, type guy. You got to imagine he's going to get uh, upwards of 20, 25 touches. And mm-hmm. you know how dynamic he is, what he what he's able to do when you put the ball in his hands that often. So I think the Chiefs won't be able to stop him completely. I think he should be good for for a very solid uh, season debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like Le'Veon Bell this week. I might consider reserving him for GPPs just because, again, there's a kind of a tough matchup here, and, and we're not 100%. We can paint a pretty good picture of what, what we're going to get from him, but there's not exactly as much certainty as I would like for a cash game. But at the same time, I mean, I think Le'Veon Bell, there's a good chance he could help some people win life-changing money this week, but I guess we'll see about that. I just want to talk about Lamar Miller. Now, he's got the Tennessee Titans, and Lamar Miller... I, would, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would guess he leads the entire league in carries. He's been used very, very heavily. He's really the only reliable thing on that Houston Texans offense here, of course, with Brock Osweiler at the helm. And then you got the Tennessee Titans, who have been, they're giving up 4.3 yards per carry here, so kind of right in the middle of the pack, giving up over 100 yards per game on the ground. And, and five rushes of 20-plus yards here. I believe that's the most out of anyone in the league. So, yeah, the Titans can be susceptible. Is this finally the week Lamar Miller breaks out? I mean, I, I I don't see why not. I mean, this is a, this is a week where, like you said, uh, the the Titans are vulnerable to getting gashed for the big play, uh, and I think that that the Texans are going to try to reestablish the run a little bit more this week. Hopefully, you know they'll be able to to get on get on top of Tennessee as opposed to last week where you know they fell behind New England, kind of had to throw it, and then we all saw how that mm-hmm. turned out. So I think this is a week where where Lamar uh, become like reestablished as the focal point of that offense. I think we're going to see a really big game out of him as well. Yeah, right, right on. I think he's as, about as safe as you can get for cash games because barring any type of injury, he's going to touch the ball 25 to 30 times. There's no threatening backup whatsoever behind him, and that that's their game plan. It's, it's like the Vikings with Adrian Peterson over the last couple of years uh, when he's been available, just feed him the rock. And I think the, the Texans will be smart to do so here. Uh, let's move on to the next guy, though, Zeke Elliott. I want to touch on him because, man, we got to get hashtag anyone but Zeke trending because – it was just it was amazing. Now I don't have any season long shares. I wasn't ready to use a middle of the first round pick on him. However, last week against the Bears, I was all over him in daily mm-hmm. because I just thought the Bears were ready to get pummeled by an offensive line. Yes. <laughs> and they pretty much were. I mean Zeke had hundred and sixty yards from scrimmage, something along those lines. He hurdled a guy. He hurdled a guy, which was awesome. That's gonna be one of the better pictures of the year. Yep. But at the same time, Dak Prescott had a one yard touchdown. Lance freaking Dunbar had a one-yard that, touchdown. That's when I was, like, losing my mind. And Alfred Morris had a one-yard touchdown. If you put three touchdowns on a Zeke's day, I would have I would have won. I mean, I think I could maybe come out 20 bucks ahead in DFS. I don't play a ton, but I would have came out hundreds of dollars ahead if Zeke gets all of those. So very, very frustrating situation for Zeke. Yep. Does he turn it around against the 49ers, though? See, that's that's my problem is that, is that that's happened before this season. You know, that, <laughs> that wasn't just, like, a one-game thing. They, they just, like, have been very cautious about about the way that they're using Zeke uh you know they they'll only give him a few touches in a row they have a, they have a specific script where I think they said on Sunday night like they the third series they take him out or after the third series they take him out and they always put in Alfred Morris um so that's like a guaranteed possession where like Zeke might not even touch the ball uh so I just really hate the hate like the risk factor of Mm-hmm. what we've seen from Jason Garrett in terms of what his goal line back rotation has been so far. And you don't want to, you don't want to, I mean, Zeke is a potential home run hitter, but you don't want to bank on, on him having to get his from 20 plus yards out, you know, so mm-hmm. that, that does kind of concern me And San Francisco. Uh, 
you know, they're, they're not what they once were as far as uh, the run defense. But, they did I mean, stymie Todd Gurley in week yeah. one. I so. mean, well, they knew they knew that there was literally nothing else on that offense, so they were mm-hmm. able to just load yeah. the box. But, yeah, very true. Uh, at the same time, you know, uh, this, is, this is a week where I'm probably just – going to stay off Zeke just because I'm worried about mm-hmm. the, the lack of touchdown upside. But maybe that would make him a sneaky play in GPP if he is able to sort of reca- or like capture that uh, goal line back type of title. Exactly. So you probably can't afford two from this top tier. Let's say you got to pick one. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Lamar Miller, or Zeke Elliott. Who's probably your favorite in this one? I got to roll with Lamar. Just, you know, opportunity alone, I think that's that's got to be mm-hmm. uh, the safest option. Opportunity plus matchup because David Johnson's obviously going to get see a ton of t- touches as well but that defense is a lot tougher than the one that Lamar Miller will be facing against Tennessee I'm gonna have to agree with you John Lamar Miller is the man there I I, I will concede that Le'Veon has some sneaky GPP appeal maybe but overall I'm gonna go ahead and, and go with Lamar if I'm going from that top tier but to be honest with you John I really like a lot of what I see in this second tier which is uh, the 75 to 7900 dollar range that's led by CJ Anderson 7900 at Tampa Bay Todd Gurley 7700 at Arizona Melvin Gordon 7600 versus New Orleans Sean McCoy 7600 at New England LeGarrette Blunt 7500 versus Buffalo and Christine Michael 7500 at the Jets uh, just looking at that whole group I mean starting with the top here CJ Anderson gets a bit of a price break because he had a rough day against the Cincinnati Bengals defense uh, but the Tampa Bay defense seems like it'll be a different story right well the Tampa, the Tampa defense is it's young it's a little bit um underappreciated I feel like but they're able to to slow people down as well to an extent Um, but Anderson you know when you get him under 8,000 like this you you do like that price tag Um, it's on the road I I could see Anderson having a pretty solid day but I'm not like I'm not like drooling over myself uh, Mm -hmm. just because he's facing the the Bucks I think the Bucks are more uh, susceptible through the air I think that's where where they can be had a little bit more yeah that front seven unit uh, led by the likes of Levante David who is a uh, a really, really, really good IDP option here, and they've got some. You know, they're good on the defensive line. Uh, yeah, it's it's the secondary that has some question marks here. But yeah, CJ Anderson's a good matchup. But really, I think one of the uh, the best matchups in this t- in entire tier. I don't want to skip over Todd Gurley, but he does have a very tough matchup against the Cardinals. Granted, they didn't look at last week against Buffalo. Yeah, but I was gonna say I I think that this is a week where I might consider Gurley because. He's his price is down relative to to where you'd think it'd be. I mean, it's down to seventy seven hundred. He's what like the sixth most expensive running back mm-hmm. in that case. And Arizona just got gashed by Lashawn McCoy, who you know put up well over a hundred yards on on just seventeen carries. So you know he's he scored twice. Yep. So I mean, there, there's that Arizona. I think it's almost time to start being a little bit concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, one you and lose two. at home, and you're supposed to be Super Bowl favorites uh, to to a Jimmy Garoppolo led team, and then mm-hmm. uh, you go to the to the Bills who are floundering. They had just fired their offensive coordinator and go ahead and, and get beat pretty soundly by by the Bills, who you know, like mm-hmm. I said, were were zero and two. So, uh, you know, this is either a week where where the Cardinals kind of get things turned around, or it's a week where you where you can start to legitimately have some concerns about them. And I think Gurley will, will force the issue uh, mm-hmm. with that. And, you know, Gurley's kind of breakout game last year in Arizona as well. Mm-hmm. Fond memories of that game. Yeah, so, I mean, he, I 
Yeah, he's always been the the really only threat on the Rams' offense. So, you know, just because he has, has a tough matchup and teams can key in on it, that doesn't mean you can count him out every single week. Not great last week from a yards per carry standpoint, but I believe right. he scored a couple times as well. Mm-hmm. And he gets a price break because of the perceived defense here. However, I think one of my favorite options in this entire group has got to be Melvin Gordon against the Saints. The Saints are the worst against the run, and they even when they were at home on Monday night, they didn't show anything to prove otherwise. I mean, I think no. Melvin Gordon, maybe a little bit of a letdown from a fantasy perspective, still had 15, 16 FanDuel points last week, so something to like there. But I think if he's going to blow up, his price didn't get jacked up way too much. He has the best chance of doing so against the Saints. Yeah, he. Th- this is obviously the matchup to target. This is a great, you know, combination of price tag and and uh, matchup. And you know, at home, you know, you almost wish it was in New Orleans because uh, then it's like guaranteed to just be this crazy shootout. But I mean, I think both of these teams, just on the on their defensive prowesses alone or lack thereof, guarantee that this is going to be a pretty high scoring matchup. And I think Gordon's definitely going to get a big piece of the pie with that. Exactly. So the next three, the Sean McCoy, LeGarrette Blunt, Christine Michael. Personally, I'm going to fade Christine Michael this week. Uh, I think that matchup at the Jets on the road is a little bit uh, tough for me. Again, you've got a uh, a West Coast team heading east, and you know who knows about the health of Russell Wilson. I'm just a little bit concerned given the Jets' solid defensive line. Otherwise, other than that, there's McCoy and LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, the prices are up there. I think both of these guys are viable, but none really stand out to me a lot. Yeah, they they like the McCoy Blunt. Uh, discussion kind of kind of similar to the cj anderson one like they'll be fine but i i just don't i don't really love the upshot uh with either of those guys and mm-hmm. and michael you know he draws the, probably the toughest matchup of the bunch uh so got to be worried about that uh and like you said the jets might be able to really key in on that run defense or, or on the run game because they figure that russell wilson's gonna be a little bit limited so th- they figure Seattle's going to pound the rock or try to, and they're going to, you know, try to mm-hmm. try to just load the box up against him. So, yeah, probably not going with Michael this week yeah. either. I think Gordon, Gordon and Gurley uh, of the, of that grouping, I'd say, are, are two of the best options. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I mean, going with Christine Michael this week is is basically buying high, which you never want to do. You want to buy low and you want to sell exactly. high. So, going to avoid that situation here. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel offers fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week, so there are no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. New this year is an upgraded user experience to give you even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle the score with a friend in a head-to-head contest. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half wins cash. Or play in a larger tournaments for even more excitement. You can play for just a dollar. FanDuel, be sports rich. John, let's jump to the third tier of running backs on FanDuel here. We've got... DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray at Houston. I was I had to see which Murray it was, if it was Latavius or DeMarco there. And uh, yeah, so DeMarco Murray, 7,300 at Houston. Devontae Freeman, 7,200 versus Carolina. Latavius Murray, 7,100 at Baltimore. Jamal Charles, 7,000 at Pittsburgh. Matt Forte, 6,900 versus Seattle. Mark Ingram, 6,800 at San Diego. And Carlos Hyde, 6,800 against Dallas at home. Any of those matchups jump out to you, John? Actually, the one that's sort of uh, sneaky interesting to me is Devontae Freeman. I think a lot of people are going to be scared that Carolina's coming to town, coming off a loss uh, in which they kind of got got pushed around a little bit. You know, we haven't seen Carolina lose in that fashion probably since like the 2014 divisional round against the Seahawks or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's been a little while. Um, so 
with that, I think a lot of people still are, are you know, going to be thinking that Carolina can completely stop them. And then people are also going to be turned off by Freeman because Coleman, you know, poached three touchdowns despite averaging like, you know, like well under four yards of carry last night while Freeman was ripping off 10 yards of carry, mm-hmm. making people look really stupid in the process. I mean, that last run uh, when he when he had kind of Jairus Bird, him and, you know, mano a mano, he just dusted him, stuck his foot in the ground, just went around him. So yep. that was just really, really impressive stuff. I like the way that the Falcons got creative with, with the way they used him. They split him out wide sometimes. Uh, so if they can, if they can kind of, keep that going i think that he's sneakily a guy that they might see enough touches and, and do enough with them to to really put up nice numbers against carolina so he's gonna have pretty low ownership so i'm i'm actually you know kind of back on freeman this week and then i also like uh, mark ingram uh going against san diego mm-hmm. i think you know like we said that's that's a game that's gonna have a lot of points going on yeah both the backs from the monday night game are very attractive even though they have short weeks mark ingram finally started to look like the Mark Ingram that fantasy owners were hoping to produce. Definitely. He, I, li- I like with Mark Ingram, there isn't any kind of third down th- back threat to take any kind of snaps away from him. So yeah. he is the back on third down. So he even caught four passes for 30 yards and a touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. And and I would just you know let, tell fantasy owners that were worried the first two weeks to relax. I think week three cemented that in there. And, you know, Atlanta, not the greatest defense, but an improved defense I think might be a little bit fair. So Mark Ingram someone I'm looking at. I mean, I also don't mind Carlos Hyde against the Cowboys here. We'll see uh, – how Chip Kelly does that, but I mean, Carlos Hyde has had tough matchups, and he's continued to right. uh, exceed, and he, he looks like he's healthy. So at 6,800, he's he's an option you have to consider, and I, I really do like uh, your Devontae Freeman pick as well, though. I mean, just uh, a very good for GPPs, and someone someone that I'm going to be taking a look at for sure yep. here. Low ownership is is the key there for the GPP. Yeah, especially if you're going to turn, if you, if you have any intentions of turning a dollar into a few hundred dollars, then that's the kind of player that you need to be taking a look at here. But there are some really Really intriguing options in the fourth tier of running backs. Uh, the two ones at the top I really like. We've got Isaiah Crowell, 6,600 at Washington. Matt Jones, 6,600, home against Cleveland. Theo Riddick, 6,600 at Chicago. Charles Sims, 6,600 versus Denver. Tevin Coleman, somehow coming off that three-touchdown performance, actually seems to have gotten a price break. He's 6,100 against the Panthers. And then D'Angelo Williams, FanDuel has this right, knocking him all the way down to yep. 5,900 for a matchup against Kansas City here. Anyone jump out at you in this tier? Uh, not not too, too much. I guess Crowell and Matt Jones would, would be the guys. I think, you know, theoretic uh, kind of proved to be what we expected in terms of just like not the greatest in terms of just, you know, moving the ball as a running as a runner but you know still very effective as a receiver but it seems like Dwayne Washington uh seems to seems to have the edge on him as far as just pure skills as a running back himself um I it's unfortunate that Charles Sims uh has had you know all these tough or he gets all these tough matchups when Doug Martin's out because you know like anytime that you went and got Sims in a league you're just hoping like Okay, maybe if Martin gets hurt, you know we'll get we'll get some NFC South teams in here. But you know, the Rams he still did pretty well against the Rams. But Denver's mm-hmm. really another tough matchup, so I'm probably staying off of Sims this week. That's my big takeaway from this tier. Yeah, Sims is going to probably be my flex play in some season long formats, but I don't really see a lot of appeal of using him in DFS this week. I really actually like both Crowell and Matt Jones here. I mean, Cleveland run defense statistically they're in the middle of the pack, but I think statistically they're being a little bit overrepresented. I just look at the personnel and the injuries that that team has gone through, and I don't think that, uh, I mean, 
I, I just don't think that they're a great run defense. If you get a team that gets well ahead in the game against Cleveland, I think they're going to be able to pound the rock and, and, and drain out the rest of the Very clock. True. So, yeah, and Matt Jones really the back here. So he's got some appeal. But I got to throw out Isaiah Crowell in there as well because he, he ran the ball pretty well against Miami this week. You know, it's probably part of the reason they're the second worst run D in the league. But here's why, why I like Crowell. The Washington Redskins uh, are far and away lead the league with seven rushing touchdowns allowed on the ground here. Uh, so the, so that's, that's a big difference. I mean, the Saints have allowed six on the ground, mostly thanks to Tevin Coleman's three last night. Right. But seven for Washington, you know, they've given up some big performances there. Uh, now, granted, they've had to face guys like Zeke Elliott and uh, D'Angelo Williams to start the year, but Crowell's probably an option for me to consider in that tier here. A couple other guys to take a look at. I mean, Cameron Artis Payne, 5,700 at Atlanta. A decent matchup there. He seems like he's going to be the man if Jonathan Stewart stays out. Right. Uh, you know, of course, Jordan Howard looks like he might get some love over Jeremy Langford. Kind of has that, uh, Langford has that ankle injury, and Kadeem Carey, another back, has a hamstring injury. So he's someone that you got to watch out for. Uh, Duke Johnson, 5,400 against Washington. You know, coming off a pretty decent game, and he's a, he's a good buy low candidate because he'll have a pretty big game. Uh, sooner or later here, right? Right, and he he does you consistently get targets. I think like one of the one of the strangest things last week was that he caught five out of seven targets. That's you know par for the course for him. But he only turned it into twelve yards. I, th- I don't think mm-hmm. that it that that sort of you know two point whatever that is uh, yards per reception would ever stay uh, with Johnson. I think he's a guy that can wrap up rack up like fifty sixty receiving yards easily every week. But uh, you but you also have to wonder if he's able to get that like seventy rushing yards like he did uh, mm-hmm. this past week against the Dolphins defense that like we've been hammering. Uh, is pretty susceptible on the ground. Yeah, the biggest question mark with Johnson for me is just the quarterback situation. Whether it's right. Terrell Pryor, if does he know to does Pryor know to check down to his running back, or is he just going to take off running on his own? And then the alternative is Cody Kessler, who you know, yeah, I guess he's probably more prone yeah, to check down to the running back. But, but yeah, but what are because uh, we did see that a lot last week. But but you know, Kessler, whether Whitehor- Whitehurst gets some reps, it's oh, just man, that's kind of Jesus. A, yeah, that's kind of a mess in Cleveland there. But the one yeah. the one certainty is. Terrell Pryor going nuts here, but he's all the way. I mean, this isn't running back talk. He's all the way up to seven thousand this week, which Dang. gets things a little risky. But I do. I don't mind Duke Johnson for GPPs here. But let's talk about cash games real quick, John. Uh, if you got to pick your chalk play that's going to be used in all your fifty fifties and double ups this week, who's it going to be? I do like that Mark Ingram play uh, just because he's he's not particularly expensive. Uh, but he has a great matchup, and he, he's used in mul- in a multitude of ways that that are profitable. And uh, like you, you know, to your point, he he is like a three down back. You know, he's in there, you know, every every single down, uh, and he can he can be split out wide. I think he he might have been split out wide for for his touchdown last night, uh, or that might have just been a quick screen. But uh, he did get some time like split out, so. I just really like the way that he's used in that offense, and I think I was very encouraged by what I saw last night, and I love this matchup, and I love just getting a, as many pieces of this game as I can. So Ingram's my uh, chalk play. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to be a lot of DFS implications in this game. This is going to be the one to watch. You absolutely want to get a piece. I'm not seeing over-unders yet, but I'm assuming that that one is going to be one of the highest. Actually, you know what? Yeah, it is. I just found over-unders. 53.5, so the same over-under as the Monday night game. Now, I don't know if that over-under is going to be shattered by early in the third quarter, 
quarter once again, <laughs> but there's going to be a lot of points. And for that reason, I'm going Melvin Gordon as my chalk play. He didn't have the greatest game last week, but not having the greatest game still produced 15 FanDuel points. So if that's your floor, that's not too bad. And the New Orleans Saints, of course, obviously they're the worst team against the run, giving up six rushing touchdowns, giving up 147 a game so far nice. through three games. And I know it's a short sample size there, but uh, I mean, the Saints defense is very susceptible to getting behind and are going to give up some big games. And again, without Danny Woodhead around, I mean, I know there's Dexter McCluster, that kind of Kenneth Farrow, if he's even a factor here at San Diego, but Melvin yeah. Gordon's, yeah, yeah Melvin Gordon's clearly the guy. the guy. Yeah, so I think the 7,600 you're paying up for him is absolutely going to work out. Uh, what about for GPPs, John? Do you have a favorite uh, big, big tournament play? I'm, I got to go Jordan Howard of the Bears. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Langford last week, got, got kind of burned by that because he hurt his ankle. Uh, but Howard looked really, really impressive uh, in his stead. I thought, you know, both as a runner and a pass catcher, he, you know, kind of runs you know, this like kind of forward leaning style of kind of punishing. And he's got really soft hands too. It seemed like he he knew how to like find the find the soft mm-hmm. spots in the in the zones and, and get himself open uh, for Brian Hoyer. So I, I really like the way that that his game. Uh, translated on on Sunday night. I, I was a big fan of his at Indiana. I think it looks like it's working out, and I think that the team context where uh, they, they got a, a quarterback that you don't want throwing a zillion times plus a banged-up uh, couple of options in the backfield behind him, I think Howard sees a pretty big day, and he, he's really uh, very affordable at, what, 5,600 going against Detroit, who, who allow 5.1 yards per carry, worse than the league. Yeah, I mean, it's really odd that Detroit is averaging or allowing the most yards per carry, yet only them and Cincinnati have zero touchdowns allowed on the ground. Yeah, which which one of those do you think is they're going to sustain? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I believe that that is going to be broken this weekend, and, yep. and I agree. I actually like both running backs in this game. I think the uh, I do think the Lions are going to head into Chicago and take care of business here. But that being said. I really like Dwayne Washington as a GPP play because he is only $4,500. He's dirt cheap, like awfully close to minimum price, Mm -hmm. and it's become pretty apparent that he is taking over the Amir Abdullah role. I just want to elaborate on that. Now, both him and Riddick got 10 carries against the Packers, but talk about, okay, the Packers have been a historically good run defense over the first three weeks. Uh, You know, we talk about teams like, uh, so let's see, I'm going to count here. There are one, two, three, there are five teams that have given up more yards per game over the first three weeks than Green Bay has allowed total yards, period. They are they are limiting opponents to just 1.8 yards per carry. The next closest is like 3.3, 3.4. from the Giants. Yeah, exactly. So they're limiting. They've only given up one rushing touchdown there, 42.7 yards per game for the Packers. Really That's impressive. a historically good start. Can they sustain that? Probably not, but I'm not going to discount uh, Dwayne Washington for only averaging 3.8 yards per carry against the Packers last week because a couple factors there. Game flow is one of them. They had to throw the whole second half because they were down by three scores for pretty much most of the game until right. the very end there. And, of course, a historically good run defense here. So if anything I take from that game, my main takeaway is just the opportunity and the distribution. And as long as this game will be a little bit closer, I think Dwayne Washington's going to get a lot of between-the-tackle work, and people are going to sleep on him based on looking at last week's stat scores. So, again, a little bit risky, so probably avoiding it in cash games, but you, you could very much get a lot of bang for your buck in those GPPs here for like Week it. 4. 
All right, before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the website, be sure to go to Rotowire.com slash pod. That's Rotowire.com slash P-O-D for a free 10-day trial. Once again, I'm Jake Latarski. You can follow me on Twitter at jakeski52. And I'm John McKechnie. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return on Wednesday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.